I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No more lockdown series, guys. We are back with the SC report. Reserve grades warmed us up last night, but the A grades in tonight, and haven't we got some guests here? So we're going to run straight into the late mail and then jump into some trade talk, and um, it's pretty much as good as you, or as close as you can get to round one, I reckon. And to help me out here, I've got Stolzy. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, great to be back on the pod, particularly after subjecting the listeners to the uh, Postman Pat theme song from a couple of weeks ago. I thought that was going to be my one and done. So uh, very excited to be back on. Yeah, well, it's not your one and done of singing Postman Pat either, mate. So uh, <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> so for those that don't know, uh, Stilesy is our late mailman um, and is doing a fantastic job at the moment. So he covers all the late mail across Twitter and uh, also on the website on a a Thursday and a Friday, and it's really, really fantastic at that. And, well, we do have a surprise for you all, ladies and gentlemen. We've got um, a guy that, well, I was thinking about it today. There's some people in the world that go by one name, whether it's Michael, Jesus, God. I don't know. They've they've built up that (laughs) right for them to just be called one name. Well, I think there's two names that go to this guy, and it's Solo Pod. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. He is back. Nick, you, where have you been? Oh, mate, I've been in hibernation, mate. I've had plenty of people, plenty of people asking me, mate, plenty of rumours going around. I mean, I mean, here's a few of them. Look, I've jotted down a few of them here. I've heard that you and I had a punch-up at the end-of-year function at Honeybees last year, which caused me to get kicked from the website. <laughs> I've heard people saying that Busted fooling around with a certain Brazilian female who's been mentioned on the podcast a few times. But uh, none of those are true, mate. None of those are true. Just had uh, a few personal things to sort out, but glad to be back for a cameo appearance tonight, mate. Made my team two hours before uh, the first game kicked off, and I'm whooping everyone. So it's good, mate. It's good. You are unbelievably doing well um, in the across those first two rounds, and didn't you let everybody know it as well? But yeah, I mean, you are heading into what mid fifties now, and it was time just to to let it go and to move on. But you've um, you couldn't resist it back. The SC report was just calling it, and you, you reached out to me and said, "I want back in. I want back in. I just want one one cameo. Let one me cameo, back in. That's it. Give me one, one cameo to brag about how good my team is, considering I did no research and." based it just solely off the most popular players, and I'm like 40,000 spots ahead of you and a shitload ahead of Stylesy as well, so it's good. <laughs> uh, Coming with heat as well. That's a very on-brand intro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know if you've listened to any of the Lockdown Series podcast, um, Nick, but I'm guessing that probably not. Um, but, but what we've been doing with our guests that have come on, we've been asking five questions. 
Um, and it's it's called the hospital pass, and it's basically five questions you have to answer completely honestly. Um, I've got a couple. I don't have the full five. We've got a heap to get onto the podcast, but I'm going to ask you these questions. You have to answer it. Just whatever comes to your head and you have to be truthful, right? Okay. First question. Name five current NRL players. <laughs> uh, Corey Parker. No. Tyrone Roberts. <laughs> Alan Tung. <laughs> oh, first oh, time mention of the evening. <laughs> I don't know. No, I've still I watched I watched like twenty minutes of the first two rounds in total, but I'm pretty excited to have it back, I'll be honest. I'm very excited for tomorrow night. I thought without the super rugby you'd be frothing, you'd be it's something to watch. Yeah, no, I am mate. No NBA, no nothing, so I'm very excited to be honest. Next question. So you never get to see the Warriors win a premiership or you never get to listen to Taylor Swift again? Uh Warriors. Don't don't care oh. about Warriors to be honest. <laughs> Give me Taylor any day. Give me Taylor and give me Melbourne Demons Premiership over Warriors any day of the week. Okay, that leads us on to the, the next question. One night in the honeymoon suite, Maxi Gorn or the Queen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I choose Christian Petrarca instead? No. Nah. Uh, uh, I'll have to go with Ma- I'll have to go with Maxi then. Oh, Maxie. It, it, no, nobody's giving uh, old Elizabeth any loving at all. Any, all of our guests have gone with the opposites. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind going with Liz. You'd have a bit to talk about. So there's a story there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, true. You can't I just love her, that he so came. I just love that they <laughs> came prepared with like, sweet, mate. Back you want. <laughs> uh, oh, it's good. Good banter. Good to be back. Good to be back. All right. Well, we have got a heap to get through, and um, before we get into the trades, uh, our late mailman Stolzy has got a, a few things that he's going to run past. Is what's what's making news at the moment. But before we get there, mate, we've got a bit of an intro song for you. Postman Pat, Postman Pat, Postman <laughs> Pat, and it's black and white cat. Oh, that look, that sounded even rougher. Probably the third time I've heard that back because. I kind of had an outer body when I did it the first time and heard myself doing it, and I knew it wasn't good. Listened to it back when I listened to the pod, and it was worse. And that just, it look, it's it's unenjoyable on pretty much every level. So apologies again for subjecting the world to that one. Oh, we love it, mate. All right, what's what's making news before we head into round three? So the good news, I guess, for late mail this round, a lot of the carnage was in the lead up to TLT. So. There was, there was all sorts going on sort of Tuesday morning and lunchtime um, that's been covered pretty comprehensively. So I guess things coming up out of that that we can expect for this week. Um, Broncos, Eels, we've got Alex Glenn coming out and saying Lodge is uh, a definite return. So he was named outside of the 17, but he's he's pretty much guaranteed to come onto the interchange at the expense of Bullmore. Uh, so it looks like Flegler's going to survive one more round at starting prop, but you'd have to expect that's going to be uh, reviewed next week onwards. Uh, Eels-wise, not much doing. They should they should be 1-17. to 17. Um, There was some chat about Matto switch, uh, switching to the middle, um, but Brad Arthur's confirmed he's staying on the edge. Um, for any Will Kennedy owners like myself, uh, Matt Moyland, uh perennially injured Matt Moyland is hanging around on that extended bench. Um, Injury-wise, I've heard he's okay. I think the issue with him at the moment is just fitness because he hasn't played a game of NRL for a, a long old while. So teammates reckon he'll be okay, but 
captain's run sort of the key there. So anyone who's hanging on to Kennedy or thinking about starting him, uh, I definitely watch out for the news out of that captain's run. Um, and probably another semi big one, maybe not for this round, but moving forwards, uh, Warriors loan players. So I've seen some news kicking around today that Steve Kearney's basically said by the weekend they're going to announce a loan player uh, to get him through all those injuries. Nick Kirkup. Nick Kirkup could be one. I'm back, baby. Hey, I played I played a game down at East Rugby Union in March before coronavirus hit, mate. I was on fire. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> hitting every ruck. First man to every ruck. Yeah. Only about 70 what, kilos, so I didn't do anything when I got there. But I was there. At, at, at what uh, minutes of the game did you do your hamstring? I, do you, hey, that's not funny. Last week, two weekends ago, I actually did my hamstring, racing some oh, mates mate. over 100 metres, grade two. I'm, I'm out for a tw- up to 12 weeks, they reckon. No joke. Ah, sure, sure. I reckon no, the GC, the GC marathon. Been- no, look at my Strava. Oh, I didn't no. run it all last week. I'm serious. No, I've done my, I'll send you a picture of no. the bruise. I've had to block you on social media because you're on it too much. <laughs> no, honestly, I've done a Marcelo Montoya. I'm done. <laughs> no, it's All like right. a pre-season sort of season-ending injury is right on par for the Warriors these days, so you should slot right into that. Exactly. All right, so thank you for that for the late mail. We're going to jump straight into the trade chat. Now, Nick, I know that you're only on uh, for the one podcast. You wanted to come and, and say a proper goodbye. Who knows, you might be back. But I thought in honour of you um, being here, you we'd actually named this segment after you. So going forward, it's not going to be called trade chat. It's going to be called He's Worth a Real Look. Real so look, what, real I, what I want you to do right now, as all the fans of the old solo pod might, might remember, when Nick got really excited after about four runs at a, of a certain play, he'd say, yep, he's worth a real look, a real hard look. So, Nick, over to you. All right. So, oh, mate, I've got some really good players I'm bringing in this week, really good players. Uh, Matt Moylan, he's number one on the list. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, mate, I mean, I don't. I'll, ha- I'll leave most of this to you guys because you guys know more about it than me. I'm bringing in usual suspects, Twal, Drinkwater, Coruscant, Stags, Katoa. Those are all my trade-ins this week. It's pretty pretty much similar to what a lot of people are doing, I think. I wasn't even get- asking you. I wasn't, didn't really care oh. about who you're oh. trading in, mate. <laughs> all I want you to say and all the people really want to hear is um, he's worth a real look. He's worth a real look, mate. Katoni Stags, really worth a look, really worth a look this week. <laughs> Definitely. That's all the people. That's all we wanted, mate. That's all we wanted. That's all, all we right. wanted. All right, yeah. we, we got we got what we wanted. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's start there. Hey, Katoni Stag. So he's the most traded in player at the moment. Um, huge round two score of one hundred and twenty twenty one. Break even negative thirty four. Stolzy, pretty hard to to not be bringing in this weekend, don't you think? Yeah, he's one of those guys who just went ballistic over those opening two rounds and. Um, given he went down at around the 50-something minute in that first game with a uh, with a slight injury and didn't come back, you'd have to think he'd be on an even higher average than uh, the 87 he's on now. So um, obviously the tries aren't sustainable, but all that attack's going down his edge because the alternative is uh, Dubs. But he's he's one of these guys who's been training the, uh, pre, the uh, lockdown house down. So... Um, You'd have to expect some of it's going to continue, if not all. Yeah, I like it. 
That's actually that's a prime reason to trade him in. He plays on the other side to Darbs. I think that's fantastic. Kirk, uh, Darbs would be one of the guys that you'd be trading in, isn't it? Mate, I don't know who Darbs is. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea. Who is he? Think of a player Derek. who's most likely to fall over three metres away from an attacking player oh, on his own line. Darius. Darius. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Old Darius. Why my career's at the crossroad, volume seven, with Darius Boyd. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Oh, God, that's horrible stuff. Anyway, uh, moving along to, to number two on the list, most traded in player is Isaiah Yo or Isaiah Yay. Um, everyone's got a different pronunciation for this guy. But um, uh, Stolzy, mate, I, I, I'm still quite cautious here. Um, he's been shifted to lock this week, which has to be a worry. And I had a bit of a, a, a good look, had a real hard look at what he did in 2019. He played four games at lock for an average of 51 points in 67 minutes. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been wrong many, many times before, but he's probably a guy that I might just let let go through. What about yourself? Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm leaning the same way uh, for the exact same reasons. Uh, having a look at his stats, particularly his average minutes over the last few seasons, you can see uh, pretty much any time he's not averaging 80 minutes where he'd presumably play on an edge, his scores sort of drop to the low 50s, um, which is, I mean, it's not horrible at center wing, but uh, it's also not like not something I'm getting super excited about. So the duel's good. He's definitely going to go up in price. But I think if people are expecting him to maintain sort of what he's done over those first two rounds, they're going to be really disappointed. Um, pretty much hasn't seen an attacking stat to his name for his career. And he got he got a stack of them in that first game. So uh, minutes dropping with the shift to the middle. Liam Martin's kicking around, who we know is pretty highly rated by the coach. You've got Capewell coming back onto that edge, who... Should probably he was brought in to presumably play pretty decent minutes. So yeah, I'm um, I'm not sold on him to be honest. I know a lot of people yeah, are. A lot of, there's a lot of mouths to feed there, isn't it? You've also got Cacao as well. Um, I mean they do have the bench, um, the 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 centre wing bench though, which does help. But yeah, he's probably a player that I, I'm probably going to avoid uh, and still affordable next week if he if he does really prove himself at, at lock. And there's a couple of other players that will be probably just waiting another week to see how they go with that positional change. Okay, let's move on to Scotty Drinkwater. Nick, um, do you know who Scott Drinkwater is and where he plays? Yeah, it's uh, number six for the Cowboys. <laughs> hey. Seven? <laughs> yeah, hey, I was surprised, mate. I'm very surprised. But is he someone that you're interested in at all that you're going to be bringing into your side? Yeah, yep, yep. I'm bringing him in this week, trading out Williams from the Raiders. Uh, looks Drinkwater looks like he's got a low break even. Uh, I haven't seen him play a second this year, but he's averaging in the seventies, and everyone else <laughs> seems to be everyone else seems to be jumping on. So why not? Yeah, no, he's looked he's looked pretty good. He's got that half spot sewn up at the uh, um, at the Cowboys, and with um, Morgan out of the side styles, so there's a real opportunity for Drinkwater to maybe step step to step up in the the weeks that he's going to be missing. Yeah, for sure. Like you've got you've got Morgo out, you've got Clifford in. So even though he's only got a couple of games under his belt at five eighth for the Cowboys, he he's kind of the senior sort. I know Clifford played a bit last year, but he's he's probably going to play like a dominant attacking role on that side. So you'd have to think a fair bit of it's going to go through him. So 
particularly when you couple that with the fact he's got a really low break even. Uh, he's playing the Titans, who just leak points. Um, he's going to get probably some pretty handy scores and make a stack of cash, particularly for Cleary owners like myself who maybe want to bring him in for two weeks, bank 100 plus K, and then just trade him straight back out for Cleary, whose price isn't going to go anywhere by the time he's back. So I think he's a great uh, cash option with some chance at some pretty good attacking stats, uh, particularly this round against the Titans. Yep, absolutely. And there's an opportunity that you can just trade him. But I'll be, I'll be moving Munster onto him and then the possibility of in a, in a few weeks, maybe a couple of, or maybe a month just doing that that switch straight back. Uh, Munster looks like he's going to drop a fair bit in price. But yeah, drink water with a break-even negative 31 looks a pretty safe option of that 360-odd K mark. Now, the next guy uh, on the list, so um, number four, uh, Curacao, I'm shocked that he is in number one. Um, he must be owned in too many teams at the moment, but a break-even negative 67 and a price of 300 what, 39K? He's almost the story of the year so far from a super coach perspective. The opening two rounds of 97 76 has um, been incredible uh, at the Panthers. And if you don't own him um, at Hooker, you kind of you don't really have a choice, do you, Styles? No, that's it. Um, you've covered all the main points there. I, I think, I think no one, even like I started with him, so I'm very thankful for that. I went the uh, Uppy and Braley route um, for going Cook and Smith. So I couldn't really be happier with how that's turned out on the uh, uppy side. But I think even those who started with him wouldn't have expected him to come out of the gates averaging over 85 points a game uh, and 80 minutes a game. I think we were kind of hoping for maybe that sort of 60, 65-minute mark with his PPM he's shown in the past. So I think he's surpassed all expectations there. Um, Those who didn't start with him, I think, were a bit hesitant because of his injury history. Um, so with a shortened season, um, a bit more sort of training and that, I, I think he's got the legs to maybe make it through a season for the first time in a while as well. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that. Uh, next guy on the list, Thomas Flegler. He's, I think he's our first bust. Um, I, I'm shocked to see him where he is at the moment. as the most traded in player at the moment. Um, huge scores to start the year, 52-74. But as you did allude to in the opening um, late mail, um, now, there is a, a big chance that the Lodge will be back for the Broncos and if not this week, maybe next weekend um, or next round, um, you know, he comes straight into that starting side and Flegler drops out. So the average minutes that he's been receiving of, of 60 and the break-even negative 34 is going to probably dry up pretty soon. Are you um, in or out of the, the Flegler train, Stalsy? Uh I'm out, mate. Um, if... If Lodge wasn't coming back, if that ACL was a full tear and he was out for the season, and even then, like, we've still got sort of TBJ coming back in a couple of rounds for feeders lurking, he would have been a far better cash grab uh, without Lodge coming back. But I think if you're bringing him in this week, you can probably only expect one good cash rise and then maybe a a moderate second one. But you'd really need to plan, uh, plan to get him out within probably two weeks, I reckon. And when you've got the Warriors cheapies kicking around and uh, Jamil Hopawade and a couple of those guys, if you don't have him already, I don't think you can bring him in, particularly for nearly 300k. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Nick, um, we're about to talk to about one of your Warriors boys next. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he looked super impressive in, in rounds one and two. Uh, it's 
he's got an amazing haircut and he's a big unit. Katoa, second row forward, um, averaged 58 minutes across the first two games, said, but he's been dropped to the bench, which is a bit surprising. Is he in your side at all, Nick, or is he someone that you're looking to bring in? Uh, yeah, he wasn't in my side at the start, but I'm going to trade him in this week um, because low break even, even though he's in the number 16, looks like he'll still get some decent minutes according to all the podcasts I listened to today to catch up on what's been happening for the last two months. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yep. I'll bring him in. He can he can go in there alongside the other um, JPB, I believe he's referred to. So, yep, two of them. Go for it. Yeah, not a bad shout there at all. So I started the season with him and pretty happy with that and looking like a, a potential increase in price of about 75K um, after this round. So definitely still a, a solid trading option, I think, despite um, the relegation to the bench. Okay, moving over to um, your boy, Nick. Oh, this is definitely one of your boys, old Lucy Leilua. I remember oh, when you held on to boy. for the entire season. <laughs> there he is. He's my boy. Remember that one year when he played for the Dragons and he scored like he scored 100 plus in the last round? Yeah, you, you, you just, I think you, that was one of the years you just literally gave up and he was just sitting on your bench and you and just got to sudden, him out and then yeah. he just went ballistic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now he's my boy. Mate. Well, definitely, I definitely started with him. Don't you worry about that. Definitely, he's my boy. <laughs> I don't know if you knew, but he's he's moved to the Tigers now, and he's playing eighty minutes on the edge there. Been super impressive. Sixty four in round one, eighty in in round two. And Styles, he doesn't really seem like that's going to slow down too much. He is kind of in that uh, Lockie Fitzgibbon or Kakao kind of. Um, mould um, that attacking edge forward that you do need in Supercoach. Yeah, definitely. So um, I started with him as well. So uh, very happy with how that's panned out. So if you look at what he does, he's an attacking edge player and he's been getting attacking stats. So I think that's what we all brought him in for if we've started with him. So like like you said, like a Fitzy, he might have a game in the 40s, but you've got that try around the corner and he's got it's kind of the all or nothing edge on that side because you've got him and BJ and Nofaluma just all attack, zero defense. So it's an exciting edge. Um, yeah. I'm happy I'm not Madge Maguire, but super coach wise, uh, very happy with what he's doing. They're not going to go anywhere else, right? They're just going to go down that edge of the time. That's almost a try every time you attack down that side. Um, you would think I mean, even his base is quite impressive. So he ranks 17th out of all second row forwards at the moment. Base per game is 57. That's better than what I was probably ha- hoping. Um, so he probably arguably has a little bit of a higher floor than a Fitzy, um, I would say. But, yeah, at that that mid, real mid-price of a range in 430K, he looks like a great purchase this weekend if you don't own him. I reckon we might skip over the next guy, Jason Tamalolo. There's not too much we need to say about him. Um, he's an absolute gun, and for those that – didn't um, start with him. I can understand why, but I was a little bit surprised to see him in the top 10 traded in. Um, let's move on to um, Alex Twal. Um, he's definitely someone I've got my eye on, Nick, and I'm, I'm having a real hard look at him. Points of 78 and 72 to start the season. Um, so he was one of the names that you said that you are trading into your side. Um, for what reason? Now you should have a really good look at him. Starting lock, makes a lot of tackles in the middle, Going to get big minutes. I mean, Twal, yep, he's definitely 
definitely worth a look in. I think maybe not the best option out of all of the options out there, but I think he um I think he should go okay. Well, hopefully. I mean, he's moving to lock for the first time this round, played prop in the, the first two games. But Stolze, I don't think that's going to have a, a massive difference. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I think just playing through that middle rotation in general these days, I think he can replicate that sort of workload tackle rate and that playing lock as he did at prop. Um, he did play increased minutes uh, due to injury. Um, but his PPM has stayed the same across both games. So if you take maybe an average 55 to 60 minutes at lock at his PPM of about 1.12, 1.13, you're still looking at 60-plus average score, pretty much all in base for sub-500. So he's someone I'm bringing in this week, and I think a lot of people are because he's almost in that same sort of day for feeder price bracket where you can really easily pivot so long as you've got the uh, dual position there. Mm-hmm. And you've also got a, a bench utility as well, which helps. So um, I think there's two second row forwards on the bench as well. So twelve, I can't see playing under 65 minutes. Um, I know you've got Elijah Taylor um, in the reserves, but um, yeah, no, he, he's looked fantastic. The, the one worrying thing that, that I can see is that he, he had a really good space of about six to eight weeks last year too and just couldn't keep up that that base or that work ethic. So hopefully he's, he's got another gear in that fitness this season that allows him to carry on. But um, I guess at an increase of around about 40K this round is probably, um, I think I might wait a week and just see how he goes in that positioning and nab a couple of those cheapies. But we'll talk about that soon. All right, the last guy on our Sorry, list. mate. Can I just say one more thing on Twal? Um, Absolutely. Just not not for this week, but something to keep an eye on maybe down the line. We've we've mentioned the makeup of the bench there with the uh, two edge players, um, and you've got Billy Walters in that utility role. So, Madge, a few weeks ago, I forget the article this was in, but I read something about him saying they're really looking for a traditional hooker, alluding to an 80-minute hooker. So, not one for now, but in the next few weeks, I have a feeling Walters is just hanging around till Grant gets some... Um, get some game fitness in his legs. And I think the plan might be to uh, stop using a utility and get another forward back on that bench, but that might not be for a few rounds. So we can enjoy uh, everything up until that point if it does happen, but just something I've heard that I thought I'd make mention of. Now, that's a really, really good point. I mean, you've got Musgrove on on the bench. He can come straight into the side. Um, but at the moment, I mean, if you're bringing him in, you're, and I'm assuming the majority of the people have got Haas in their side, you pretty much got to set and forget front row forward right now after round two, right? I mean, you can't really complain about that. And if you've got, um, and we are going to get on some more of those um, cheapies that people should start thinking about bringing in soon, but there are some legitimate cheapies in the forwards this year now after having absolutely nothing before we came to the start of the season. Okay, let's just talk about the last guy before we'll have a quick break and then we're going to move on to some of the notable omissions from the top 10 uh, but this guy Jermaine Asako so Stolze we're both uh, Broncos fans um, now I was quite surprised that he wasn't the guy that was going to get that starting fullback position it was always a bit of a surprise that um, that the bird was going to get given that but anyway unfortunate circumstances have occurred and, and Asako has really taken on that fullback role goal kicking too um, 420k and what he's got scores of 83 and 63 at the moment um he's pretty hard to 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 leave out i mean i've i've kind of been flirting with going for someone we're going to speak about a little bit earlier i'll be really interested in your take on it but um 
you know, if people are talking about stags, I mean, Isako's just got so much going for him, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, the player you're probably referring to there is the Stags versus Asako debate. So I think between the two guys, Stags has that higher attacking ceiling, but Asako, we mentioned a low base before, but I'm going to I'm gonna rattle off a couple of numbers for you and see if this changes anything, and this will include a couple of other guys. So I'll go through it pretty quick, but the stat I was having a look at before the pod is base plus power. So it, for those not familiar with that, You've got your base stats, which is basically things like tackles, hit-ups, uh, and that sort of thing that you can pretty much bank on every game. Then you've got these power stats, which is things like offloads, tackle busts, and things that you can replicate game on game but aren't necessarily true attacking stats like line breaks or tries or that sort of thing. So I was having a look at the base plus power averages for a few key guys across the first couple of rounds. Um and, and we'll just see how uh, how these all stack up. So you've got Stags, 33 base plus power. You've got Leilua, who's actually one higher than that, but he's got minus 24 in uh, errors for just <laughs> stupid stuff he does on the field. You've got Asako, who's 35.5 base plus power, plus 12 points per game from kicking, which gives him basically a floor of around that 47.5 for running on the field. So that's kind of already maybe nearly 15 up on stags. Uh, Sione Katoa, the Sharks version, 47.5 base and power. Uh, Yo, 69, Lel, uh, but obviously he's not going to replicate that. Mansour, 48.5, but 16 are from creative. Essan Masters, 61 base plus power with zero attacking stats to his name versing the Titans. So wow. I, I was looking through that and it, I had a, I had um, stags just locked and loaded, but this is, it's thrown me out a bit, to be honest, looking at uh, some of those things. Because if you take out the attack and you're looking at what they'll probably get just running on the field, it's kind of skewed a fair bit differently for me there. So I just thought I'd rattle some of them off pretty quick. But I don't know, based on that, Masters is is looking uh, mighty tempting there. Yeah, he is. And they're really good stats. Thanks for that. I think that um, I'll be bringing Stags in um, just regardless, just because of the price grab. I mean, even if he kind of bought flat lines over the next few weeks, still going to make close to 150K there. So I think you've still got to just do it. And, and he has got a, that proven record of being a keeper that we saw last year. Um, I definitely think you can bring Asako and Stags in. I don't think it's the, a choice between the two. Actually, the guy that I've been toying with, and I did mention this on the analysis last night, is the Sharks Katoa. Uh, he's a guy that I'm very interested in, um, the Sharks, and we will get to him so I won't burn too much of that, but um, I'll explain why I'm interested in him earlier. And I think with Masters, um, you can wait a week. What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah, his uh, his break even's definitely not in the uh, crazy negatives of the other guys. Um, I guess in this kind of season, it just becomes that argument around points versus cash. So next week, you've potentially missed the Titans game, but you've you've made a lot more cash by bringing in a Stags. So I think it's a debate that's going to go on all season. Now we've got no origin to make up ground, shortened season. Do you go for cash? Do you go for points? So definitely not dissuading anyone from Osaka or both, um, there was just, there were just a few stats I'd found I thought I'd chuck out there and people can make of that what they will. 
No, they're very, very good. Now, we have come up to the half an hour mark, and I know that Nick does have a curfew at around about 30 minutes. So we're about to have a break. Are you going to be here after the break, Nick, or are you saying goodbye to everybody? No, mate, I've got to get back to a Just Dance battle on Nintendo Switch. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What? Can you please have this in the Zoom chat just while we're doing the (laughs) pod? You heard me. I've got to get back to my espresso martinis and some just dance. But it's been fun. I just texted you a picture of my hamstring. Check out that bruise. No, it's been a pleasure to have you back on, and you're always um, you're welcome to come in for a little bit of a cameo. And you'd be uh, happy to know that JT's taking on a bit of the solo pod action this this Sunday. So who knows? You might be a you might be a good little guest to come on that. I think. Um, you two together drinking about 10 rums between yourselves would be quite a funny podcast. But thanks, Nick. It's appreciated. And we will um, we'll just finish, the, uh, finish there and then we're going to have a, a very quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, so we're going to move along uh, to some of the players that, that we think that might have been or maybe a little bit overlooked at the moment and aren't included in the top 10 trading targets. So that's what we're calling the notable omissions. And let's start with the cheapies, Stilesy. Um, I'm going to open up with Emre Gula. Um, obviously, he had a huge round one and then had a 44, which is probably what maybe we can expect from him. Um, but what's that seen is he's got a huge break even of a, of a negative 69 and uh quite a low price tag at 221. So he's a guy that I'm seriously bringing in, considering bringing in for this weekend. Um, And just because I think that I can potentially, um, you know, almost generate close to 200K in the space of three to four weeks if he keeps getting those minutes. What are your thoughts? He's, for me, he's going to be the one who got away. So start of the season, front row forward, we had sort of the, bottom dollar to near bottom dollar guys in your Rudolphs, your JTBs, your Musgroves, who obviously hindsight, uh, that probably wasn't the route to go down. But Gula was at that sort of 220k mark, didn't get a lot of look in, had that massive round one game that's going to roll out of his average uh, pretty quick. Having a look at his, so based on an average of about 42 for the next few rounds, he's going to make 80, just under 90k round one, about 23 round two and 12 round three. So you're going to get the bulk of that this week and then it'll really taper off, but keep trickling in. So if you're bringing him in, I just have a I just have a backup plan for maybe next week or the week after to get, to get him out again. Otherwise, if when Bateman's back and he goes back to sort of that low minute role, 
if you haven't got him out by then, you're just going to watch that price going all the way back down, and that's uh, pretty pretty tough to watch. <laughs> and and what's um what score you're using then to to develop what that expected price increase is going to um, be? I was just purely looking at uh, the Supercoach projections there. Um, so obviously that that could right. deviate a bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll just quickly have a, um, a look here because I, I have a little little model that I like to to use, which is uh, the price change calculator available on NRL um, Supercoach Stats, which which I find um, is absolutely fantastic. So, I, I reckon um, if we were to plug in, let's. I think that if you look at that Raiders side, Raiders side, um, they literally haven't made a change, right? So, um, I'm not expecting the bench rotation to be too dissimilar. I think Havili suffered a hamstring injury in round two, and he played around about 20 or so minutes. So maybe he plays a little bit more, uh, and then Gula comes down a little bit. But um, that's the way that I kind of saw the side. So yeah. I'm going to say that he scores 40 points over the next three weeks, right? So if he scores 40 points over the next three weeks, um, what you've said is exactly right. So you're going to get that 90K increase next week, but then... Um, after about three weeks, you're going to get you're going to be hitting 127k. However, what you are going to see um, is is I think you'll just turn into a bit of a slow burn then, um, and then you're right. It's kind of like, well, how much more money is this guy going to make with Bateman coming back and a few other things? So um, you really are probably buying him for maybe one week for 100 grand or something like that for him to to pop up and then to move him on, but. In any other week, you'd probably say that that's a wasted try, a wasted trade. But given that we've almost got unlimited trades to the end of the season, you can kind of afford to do things like this. What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it's the season to do it. We were um having a chat just in our uh, in our chat group, and this is the season where if you want to do stuff like this, just go for it and get it out of your system f- before next year, because you're not going to have these luxury trades like you do this uh, this year due to the different circumstances. So. If you've got a plan for him and you can make use of that cash, 100% get him in. He's going to go up by a lot uh, over that first week and then sort of trickle from there. So I don't hate it. I don't think I can do it myself, but I wouldn't begrudge anyone uh, if they did that, if they had a plan for getting him back out again. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next guy. So um, JTB, is, as Nick uh, quite rightfully um, anointed him, um, so he, to me, was a player that I was just going to let slip, um, was not too interested at, up until Teamless Tuesday when he's been named to start, uh, which is pretty interesting. I actually hit up my our friend friend of the podcast, um, Anton Poser. I hit him up um, just before, and he's a massive fan. He reckons that uh, basically JTB is um, the best bottom dollar cheapie out there, even comparing him to a Katoa as well. So um, he's tipping him to stay in that starting side. And at 171,900, break even negative 28, um, he's got plenty of cash to, to earn over the, the next few weeks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's he's one. If you bring him in, you can't go wrong. He's got a negative break even. He's starting at least for this week. He's got big wraps on him. So um, definitely couldn't begrudge anyone who brings him in. In fact, I think a lot of people will be. Um, he... <laughs> I let him get away for Zane Musgrove at the start of the year and I guess hindsight looking back at the time you had Tavanga coming back, you had Parsi coming back. Uh, this guy was a Warriors rookie who came from the clouds who has just got danger written all over him. So I went for what I thought was the safer play in Musgrove 
who Madge was sort of anointing as the heir apparent to the prop position, not even getting a start by round three. So that's uh, that's pretty tough to swallow. But I think he's he's going to be pretty popular for a reason. I think if you don't have him or Katoa, Katoa you've, you've got to at least get one of them, if not both. Um, the only thing I'll say on that too, the, the player I've heard whose name's kicking around as the lone player for the Warriors is Russell Packer. So, All right. yeah, plays through the middle. Like, he might not even get a start, right? He might just be there for insurance. But, um, yeah, just just something to keep an eye on. But he's he's definitely a player I'm looking at uh, for this round. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. He looks pretty secure in that side. But, again, um, um, there's just there's a lot of players there to pick from. And, and we're going to move on to the Broncos next with Jabil Apawati, who um, not many people probably knew before the start of the season and, and kind of thought that he was a bit of a one-hit wonder with that round one score of 19. But he, he played the full 80 minutes around 247, and he's been training with that first squad Um well, basically, ever since they've returned um, to to the training grounds, and and have seen him there every single time training um, with the first, so um, he's definitely going to play. And, and you've got the likes of TPJ out. You've got Fafita, who's out now for probably about six weeks as well. Um, so break even of negative twelve. That nineteen is going to roll out of his score um, after the next week, and he's going to see some pretty handy price rises. So. Um, I've probably got him penciled in for maybe a three-round hold um, before TPJ comes back into the side and potentially plays the full 80 um, throughout that period. Um, and, and there is there is also some attacking stats that, that could come his way as well. What are your thoughts on, on Hopawade and where would you rank him out of the, the cheapies available? Uh, I'd have to agree with you, mate. He's, he's definitely a good option, probably not as good as your JTBs and Katoas. Um if if you've got a spot to spare, he he's definitely going to get you some handy cash rises, and and he's probably a seventeen player for the next few weeks if he's playing eighty or close to on an edge in that sort of Broncos pack that's looking just really potent this season. So I, I reckon he's a good shout. If if you wait, so he's not got the break even of the other guys. If you wait, and we've penciled him in for maybe three rounds. You've maybe missed half of it by then, but he's still probably a good look uh, if you want to have that second take of him this week just to see how he goes. But I've definitely got him beneath those other guys, like you said. Well, yeah, I mean, I was looking at that, and I was, I was very surprised when I went through that price calc um, before the podcast as well and, and saw. So everyone's talking about Gula and, and saying he's going to make a lot of money. Um, but in reality... Um, he could hit that 90K and then, as you um, pointed out, it's going to fizzle out in price, right? And then Bateman comes back and then what happens? And he's never been a proven player before. I think he averaged 25 points per game last year. Hopawadi, we know, has probably got a limited lifespan as well with TPJ coming back three weeks for feeder in six. But if he averages 45 points until TPJ returns in three weeks, then he's going to earn about 150K. So that's 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 probably more than what you're going to get out of Gula. Just, just having a thing on that, would you bring in Gula for this week, get his 90K or whatever, then next week downgrade to a 50K more expensive Jamil Hopawade and ride that for a few weeks and then see what you can do at that point? I know it's burning I a mean, couple that... of trades, but if, if you've got them, like, it's it's not the worst shout having a, hearing you talk about it like that. 
No, it's not, mate. And you've got trades to burn. I mean, it just depends. I, I was always planning to, to to bring in a few cheapies, and we'll talk about our trades soon, but um, bring in a few cheapies and the next week go bang, bang for the, the studs. Um, but, I mean, all you'd be doing is bringing in Hopawati for two weeks, um, downgrading to him, making more cash, and then um, – Moving him on to um, someone pretty soon as well, so it's a that is that's a good option. Um, I think all you just need to do is um, there's a couple of things there to think about, and, and one of the points that you brought up is that Hopawata is a potential starter for you 17 if you you need him. So you've got that as a pro, whereas Gula you probably wouldn't say is. Um, the next thing is you just have to look and go, okay, well, what's the cost of a trade? It's probably a lot less this year than what it has been in prior years. So if it's going to, what we're probably going to say is it might make you sixty-five grand, an additional sixty-five grand, but grand, but you're going to lose a trade. So is that worth it, Stolzy, in, in in the way the game's going to be played this year? Um, again, I, I guess it depends on your situation, right? Pro- probably not. Um, it was just sort of thinking out loud while while you were saying some pretty good stats there. Um, uh, I haven't used any trades so far this season, so I can pretty much run the rack until the end, barring maybe two trades. So if there's nothing really urgent for a round and you've got nothing else to do with it, something you can probably consider this year. Def- definitely not any other year, definitely not a normal year, but the rule book's sort of out the window. So these are definitely conversations you could have this year that you'd be laughed out of the building any other year so definitely something to talk about and consider for sure well mate um cash generation is so important this year right so you've just got to get as much cash as early as possible so you can just go bang bang and just start to bring in all the guns but then you also want to be assembling um the guns as soon as possible so if you bring in these cheapies that we've spoken about that means you're probably foregoing bringing in um, a few of the players we're going to speak to next and then also some of those guys we've spoken to previously like your Yo's, um, also your um, Twiles, uh, even one of Osako or Stag. So um, it's really a points first cash decision uh, and I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer. No, we've seen nothing like this before so we've really just got to see how this pans out. I think previous seasons you normally talk about sort of first eight rounds cash generation Next bit's getting through Origin, and then you've got those final eight rounds sprint to the home. Uh, sprint home. Now there's no Origin; it's a short season. I'm thinking three to four weeks for cash generation. Then just get your best seventeen in any way possible, and and uh, just tweak from there. So it's uh, it's definitely a brave new world. That's what I'm thinking, mate. So Musgrove for me just goes this week. He's not going to earn any cash, so he's getting him out of my side. Um, and, you know, any other season you might have held on to him and just said, well, he might come back in. It's a wasted trade, that kind of thing. But no. Okay, let's move on to the mid-rangers. I'm pretty excited about Sione Katoa from the Sharks. Um, so round one score of 94, round two score of 61. Um, price at 368, we know that the Sharks have got a really good draw ahead of them and also across the season is probably the best as well. Um, one thing to point out I think in round two he played uh, played on the left edge outside of uh, outside of Sean Johnson um, from what I can see that's probably not going to happen um, I think that uh, Ronaldo went down with a HIA I believe and that caused a bit of a reshuffle so that's pretty interesting but if he does line up on that left edge God he could score some points this year yeah just look at what he's done in these first couple of rounds average of 77.5. And I mentioned before that base plus power is, I've uh, lost the stat now, it was over 45. So just his 
offloads, tackle busts, hit-ups and that sort of thing, sort of get your mid-40s just out of the gates. So with Sherry in a, looking like a, a whole huge bunch of trouble for potentially a few years, uh, depending on what you read and the severity of uh, what he's done there, um, Katoa was someone I'd written off who we probably weren't going to see again for a while, but he's he's come right back into our calculations there, particularly, like you said, with that Sharks draw coming up. He he could be a real smoky shout uh, in lieu of some of the more popular names. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's probably he's going to have that, that big price increase this week, um, and that'll probably peter out after that if he does just average the, the 50 because that, that 90 score will drop out and also he's priced over 350K. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of he's he's someone that's got a massive ceiling, right? Um, he he could he could go on and score a hundred one week. He's almost basically like a sherry, um, kind of like a what what we saw through him. Just looking at his um, potential price rises, so it's seventy five k this week or eighty k, um, and then it really does flatten out if he goes on to average fifty uh, for the next few weeks. So. Yeah. People might be jumping on for a, an immediate price rise, but I wouldn't be bringing him in if you're looking for someone that um, that you're going to want to, to trade out in the next couple of weeks. I'd be bringing him in and just keeping him in your side as a le- legitimate pot option for your set and wing, um, particularly with the Sharks' good draw. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't hate that as a strategy at all. Um, it's someone I didn't look at too closely, um, thinking that he was out of the side, but... I'm probably going to revisit this guy and see what sort of potential options you've got there. And just kind of in that same vein as sort of Gula Hopawati, what would your thoughts be on Katoa one week, bank the cash, and if you've got it in the bank, upgrade to, say, a Nofaluma or someone in that vein against the Titans next week? Uh, that's not a bad shout, but I personally, if I was going to bring in Katoa, he's a player that I just want to keep for the next two months. Um and, and the reason being is you trade him out and then anybody scores 100 points. Um, so he's going to be rocks and diamonds and maybe more more diamonds than rocks. Um, and he really does have that pot appeal. Um, I'm not sure of what his current ownership is. I can bring that up um, right now. Just let me have a look. Um, I think I'm seeing five, I've been seeing five trades in on my uh, app for a few weeks now and I think I'm just throwing everything out there. <laughs> It's going to be a harsh reality when it goes back to two next week. I definitely won't be bringing up things like that. I'm sure. Oh, uh, it was, and, and that's what I mean. It's going to be very hard to to make up your side, but but whatever. So he's in eight percent of teams. So he's still a pod. Um, he's going to be um, a lot more popular, you would think, um, after we hit lockout this week. But um, after that, once that initial price rise, he's probably going to stick that. So um, very interesting. So what's the edge that he's going to be playing on against um, the Tigers? So I'm assuming that he's going to start on the right. On the right. So who's on the left edge for the Tigers? Uh, let's just pull up that team list. Because that's that's quite an easy one. You already have pointed out that what's what's happening with that. And if he is coming up against Leilua and um, Nofaluma and that, then that's potential uh, bonanza. Or they might even use him to ta- target down that edge too. At the moment, I think that's. I think he's running at the other edge. But if they switch him around at all, um, could be points galore. It could be, hey. But yeah, I think he will play on that, that other edge. But let's see what happens. But yeah, he's a player that I, I'm interested in as an alternate um, to a guy that we're going to speak to in just a second. But first, Dylan Brown. Um, he's probably the the other option to Scott Drinkwater. Um, people are obviously going with Drinkwater because of the price differential. 
Um, what, about, what are your thoughts with, with him? Are you interested um, in, in the young Eels half at all? I'm definitely interested and I've been deciding between those two guys and probably swapped them both in and out multiple times over the course of the week. I think I think with Brown, he's got he's got a tougher draw coming up. So Drinkwater's got a, a pretty favorable draw. You've got the price difference uh, to bring him in this week. I think points wise they might be much of a muchness. So I'm kind of just looking at the extra cash between him and Drinkwater. The potential for more, probably more attacking stats for Drinky against the Titans than Dylan Brown against the Broncos. Though having said, uh, the last time those two teams met is uh, pretty vivid in my mind still. Um, but yeah, I, I think it comes down to that. I think I think Brownie's a bit safer, um, but but Drinky's uh, got the cash on his side and and probably the upside based on matchups, but. It's a coin toss for me. I think uh, you, you can pick either one and it could go could go either way. Yeah, very fair points. Very fair points. I think I'm going to go with, um, uh, well, I am going to go with uh, with Drinkwater, but I can imagine those guys who are going to be running with Brown. He's looked very impressive this year. Um, a guy that I have definitely got had and I still do have penciled in, but I'm going just a little bit cold um, and, and uh, particularly after the Cleary suspension and, and Lenny also because, the price differential between him and, and Katoa is Josh Mansour has been fantastic, 65 and 79 points. Um, I mean, what what are your thoughts here? So people will talk about a few guys that, um, you know, have been guns in the past and then have really kind of um, failed to deliver. I, I was having a look at, back at his stats last night. And I think it, it was back in 2016 where it was averaging over, over 60 points per game. And since then, he's just been a massive dif- disappointment. But um, there have been a lot of injuries along that path. Um, 416K, he's looked fantastic. Huge base output. Um, negative break even this week. Uh, is is now the time to get on the source? If you want him, now's the time to get on. Um, he's not a guy, like, I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone looking at him, but he's not a guy I've probably seriously considered bringing in. Um, I looked at the same stats you did. His, his last, what I'd call good season, 2016, 23 games played, 63 average. After that, we've got 13 games played, 51 average, 13 games, 49, 19 games last year, which was uh, a bit up, uh, 45. So he's definitely had a bit of a renaissance season in these first two games, but he's he's a bit too far removed from those highs for me to think that he's going to sustain that for quite a while, particularly with Cleary out of the side where you've got probably Burton and Jerome Luai sort of running around. Um, so the, he might not get as much ball. I know a lot of his base is from taking hit-ups, um, which you probably won't see go away. But another thought on him is it's interesting to see sort of Brian Tor's average over the first two rounds compared to Mansour because – Torwell was he was the next best thing. Uh, looking at last season, he was averaging over fifty five. Everything was sort of going down his side, and you've kind of seen that reversed. So there's there's a bit to sort of unpack with him, and he's he's probably not someone I'm going to bring in. Yeah, and and I was just thinking through this when having a look at some of these scores in front of us, and it how tricky is it when you've got such a big gap between um, games, right? So players can start hot and they can be in super uh, either fitness or just whatever and it clicks. And those opening two weeks, even as a team, they gel um, or they go, shit, we just got to start hitting the source down the side or he just goes, oh, I remember how to, 
to play and how to get involved again and get all these base stats. And then, so what happens now? There's been two months in between. Is he still going to be the same player? Are some of these guys going to be the same player that we've seen um, racking up some big stats? A lot of these guys, I think we're going to see, are really going to disappoint when we come back to the footy. Yeah, it's a great point as well. And I kind of liken it to, say, calling a timeout in basketball when a team's on a hot streak. So the opposition will call a timeout and can go one or two ways. It can really cool off that hot streak or it can give give people a chance to compose and come out a bit more fired up. So I guess it'll depend on the player, but it's a, it's definitely a point like he's come out, he's fired up, he's playing well. We've had a global pandemic. There's lockdown. Training's probably been impacted. Um, how much fitness work has he got in and, and all that sort of thing. Combin- time to forge combinations with his new halves pairing for that for the next couple of games. So, yeah, it's... <sighs> It just adds another question mark, I guess, to the ones you've mentioned before around average injuries and that sort of thing. So it's painting a picture that I'm I'm not super happy with to have in my side. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards maybe going Katoa over him at this stage. Um, um, just the upside uh, and also the the price differential too for maybe someone's going to produce pretty pretty similar output and also the draw is more favourable for him too. Okay, let's move on to our final mid-rager here, Cohen Hess. Um, the goal's pretty surprised uh, with his um, round two output. I mean, last year he um, really failed to do anything, but in the two years before that, averaged, I think, in the mid-50s. Um, and, and that poor year last year has seen his price drop down to 350k, negative break-even four. Um, really, really well-priced in the second row. Is he someone that you're looking at or is there just too many other cheapies that we can get onto and, and get that get the quick cash? Yeah, even though we're only at round three, it's kind of a tale of two seasons already because at the start with the cheapie situation, it was kind of the year of the mid-ranger. Then we've had this break and it's all about it. We're, we're straight back to guns and rookies, right? Like we're looking at Katoa's JTBs to fund these, uh, these high-priced guys. So... There's less of an, I think just middies in general at the moment are probably less of an option the way everything's panned out and uh, what we're looking at at the moment. So, uh, unless you're in the set in your uh, in the center wing where there's absolutely zero cheapies. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So probably talking exclusively in the uh, in the forward pack here. Center wings just center wing, center wing. So um, everyone's in the same boat there. He's. Yeah, I, I'm probably not looking at someone in that price range. It's good to see him playing well. Um, and like former Origin player, right, uh, who's really just fallen off and he's really become sort of the poster boy for training the house down in the pre-seasons. But a lot of people jumped off after round one, had a good score round two, has a decent average, reasonable break even. So if you maybe don't have enough cash to bring in a, a higher price guy and you need someone for your 17, uh, he's definitely a good option. He can fit the bill on both counts, make a bit of cash, score you some handy points. Um, but I'd probably personally be looking at sort of going back to guns and cheapies uh, from round yeah. three. Titans this week as well, so we, we shouldn't forget that. Yeah. Let's move on to our only gun that I've included in here. We did talk about Tal Malolo, but um, Ryan Madison has just been outstanding at the Eels so far, 62 and 86, 626K. So although he definitely is in that gun status, he still is hovering, you know, he's not out of range at the moment. Um, break even of 44, so he's going to go up in price. Um, he's definitely, I think he's the only gun that I seriously looked at bringing in this week, but I, I just can't make it happen. Um, I think I just, I need to bring in some of those cheapy forwards as a priority and generate the cash. 
Um, what about yourself? Yeah, uh, agree with everything you've said there. I've I've been really trying to fit him in, but I guess my my center wing needs a fair bit of attention and priorities in the forwards. I guess Twal, I really want to get in. Uh, I want to get at least one of sort of Katoa or JTB. Um, and my other option is I'm getting Cleary out for uh, probably drink water at this stage. So I just don't, if we had that sixth trade, like I know five's a lot, but I think he's in that sixth trade for a lot of people. Like if we just had that extra one, we could get him in. But I've, I just have more pressing issues, I think. But he's still going to be there, right? He's still going to be there or thereabouts next round. So if we make something happen cash-wise or trade-wise this week or next, then you can definitely bring him in uh, playing the Broncos. So um, I'm not sure. I can probably have a quick look at his averages, but he's like he's good for at least 50. Mid-70s is sort of a, what you can expect. So he's not going to go too far on his price. So you can definitely look at him again next week if you can't make it happen. Yeah, look, I've got um, probably Liam not penciled in to be traded to Matto next week is what I'm um, probably going to do. So I, I don't. You might lose the points this week, but you'll bring him in quite easily next week with the cash that you've banked um, this week, and then you've got some. Okay, that's the that's the end of that list. Before we wrap up, mate, is there? Um, and we will just quickly talk about our our five trades at the moment. But is there um, there anyone else that we've missed here that's worth a quick shout? I, th- I think we've covered all the main culprits. Um, probably looking ahead a bit, but I think we've all been a bit spoiled with these five trades. So I think we really need to have a think about what we're doing with our two for the next few weeks. Like particularly if we're doing two, three, four of these short-term cash grabs, like what does that look like and and who's going to peak when? So if we've got Walters, um, uh, sorry, not Walters, um, Harry Grant, who's going to be on his second game at the same round, Cleary comes back at the same round, like maybe a, a, Hopawadi, a Jamil Hopawadi's peaking or a Gooler or some of these guys, you've got two trades to make a few things happen. So that's probably the only thing I'm sort of wary of with what I'm doing this week is when, I'm, when am I going to have to get guys out and bring other guys back in? Yeah, well, I think we are, we're blessed a little bit um, with, with the, the five trades, but you certainly make a, a really, really good point. Okay, so what are your um, five trades at the moment? All right, I'll just bring him up. So, so far, I've I've gone reasonably cookie cutter. Um, I'm going sort of. So my outs would be uh, Dave Fafita, obvious reasons. Uh, Jack Williams, just complete plotter. Um, I didn't expect him to set the world on fire, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely can't keep him in the side. Uh, Cleary, just any other season I'd hold him but too much cash to have on the bank uh, on the bench for a couple of rounds and I can make 100 plus k with uh Drinky or Dylan Brown Callum Watkins not even in the NRL now Walker Blake who just shocking shocking couple of opening rounds um I ended up keeping BJ Leilua just for that Titans matchup um but I don't feel great about it um currently bringing in 12 Katoa Drinkwater I've penciled in uh, Stags and Masters, but I might flip Masters for like an Asako or one of those other guys. There's there's a few in that bracket I'm still having a look at, so it's definitely not set in stone, but they're, they're probably the things I'm looking at, so nothing too crazy, I don't think. Nothing uh, too pod-worthy there. Maybe Masters if I go ahead with it. Mm. Well, I think that's still a pod move. Um, so for me, Musgrove, Fafita, Blake, um, Simonson um, and Munster all out. Uh, and then at the moment, I've got Gula, 
uh, Tanua Brown, Stags, Saka, and Drinkwater. But um, Gould is the one that uh, will probably change, and either I'll, I'll look to bring in another centre wing in Katoa, um, or I'll bring in Hopawati um, into the the second row with some dual position moves there. Um, just not one hundred percent sure at the moment, um, and. and yeah, with Asako and and Stags, um, I would really love to fit Katoa in there with the three of them, but it is it's quite difficult. Yeah, hundred percent. I I can't disagree with anything you've said there. Okay, well, thanks, mate. It's been a good podcast. I really appreciate it. a huge one, as it was always going to be for for round three. Um, but yeah, there we go. We are back, and the, all everything starts tomorrow. Bron- Broncos versus the Eels, and then we'll probably get a couple of weeks into the season. Everyone will forget it all. Um, but until next time, Stolzy, thank you very, very much for, for coming on board, mate. It's been a pleasure. No, thanks for having me on again, mate. Uh, always, always good fun being on the pod. Cheers. All right, guys. See you the next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.